All right, everybody, welcome back for the third episode of the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. Here, as always, Bo Finley with my co-host, Brant Walker. Uh, Walker's got a message that he'd like to deliver to everybody before we get started here. The Double B's back at it here talking fantasy football. I just want to let everyone know that after today, me and Mr. Bo Finley here are going to be mortal enemies for the week as we play each other in our Dynasty League with big playoff implications already on it. Uh, but enough talking about that. Let's jump straight into this. Let's talk about some of the injuries and breakouts. Let's talk about a week in review here. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's let's start with let's we'll start with the good news before we get into the bad. Let's uh, let's talk some breakouts. Uh, the first breakout I want to talk about is uh, Mr. Devontae Adams. Uh, finds his way back in Green Bay this week. Looked like he didn't miss a step. Didn't miss a step to the tune of uh, 13 receptions, 196 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, very easily uh, could have been the best receiver uh, on the week this week, uh, minus the fact that he wasn't. Uh, that he was not. Uh, Mr. Tyler Lockett there in Seattle came out with 20 targets, 15 receptions, 200 yards, and three touchdowns, unfortunately in a losing effort. But an amazing game from Tyler Lockett. Uh, Tyler Lockett had two weeks of disappearing acts, but he's he's the wide receiver number two on the year. Um, and then back to Devontae Adams, we'll talk about that. They did play the Texans, but they torched the Texans. And so he was back. Adams was back against Tampa Bay. He had 14 points there also. Uh so, but Devontae Adams came back. Looks like he hasn't missed a step. He's definitely going to win a people a lot of leagues if they've held on to him this long. St- still Rodgers' guy by oh. far and away, no questions asked. And now who's Rodgers' number two? Lazard might be back in a couple weeks. Uh, he's already doing his rehab. Um, may want to look at him on your waivers. He might be there if you got a place to stash him. He was looking good prior to getting hurt. Um let, let's let's go. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on another uh, another couple of receivers here that that broke out this week. Uh, Mr. Tyler Boyd um, had had himself a pretty nice day at 11 receptions, 101 yards receiving for one touchdown. Uh, another name is AJ Brown there in Tennessee. Uh, hasn't missed a step due to all the COVID and uh, missing of practices. He, uh, he found uh, the end zone once. He had six receptions for 153 yards. So uh, A.J. Brown had himself a pretty nice little game there, there this week, too. All, all those receivers are guys that could have definitely uh, helped you win this week. Uh, we'll, look, we'll go back to Cincy real quick. A.J. Green looked back. He had 13 targets, seven receptions, 82 yards. He uh, played 88% of the snaps, so he's still getting that beautiful, beautiful target share there from Joe Burrow. Uh, He sounded disgruntled. Everybody was talking about him possibly wanting traded. I don't think he does. I think he's enjoying what he's got going there. He's getting targets after targets after targets. Um, That disgruntled game, they played Baltimore. Everybody on since he was disgruntled after that game. Definitely nice to see A.J. Green getting back to his former self here. Uh, definitely uh, good for the game, good good receiver. Uh, it's good to see. Um, you know, from that Cincinnati game, uh, I want to talk about somebody that was on the opposite side of the field. Uh, Mr. Baker Mayfield uh, completed 22 passes for 297 yards passing and five touchdowns. Uh, Baker had a good game. Baker did something that, we haven't really seen from Baker since his rookie year. Uh, spread the ball out nicely, got a lot of different guys involved, uh, and and really looked 
like a strong showing from Baker. Definitely. And with Baker Mayfield here, he's definitely a candidate to go pick up these on your waivers. Obviously, a lot of people have been disgruntled with him. He showed his rookie year, if you think, he did not have OBJ. He didn't have a target that or a wide receiver that he had, he had to force targets into. OBJ went out, and look what he did. He let a comeback win against Cincinnati. And five touchdowns, he had an amazing game. He had got everybody involved. Uh, Baker Mayfield might be returning to his rookie form. He's definitely somebody to keep your eye on. Yeah, um, so, since you went ahead and mentioned it there, let's go ahead and jump right into injuries, and we'll start with uh, the guy you, you just talked about, OBJ, uh, torn ACL, out for the season. Uh, hate to see it as a fantasy uh, fantasy fan and a fan of the NFL. Um, granted, uh, OBJ's got some weird off-the-field antics, uh, but he's definitely a fun guy to watch when he's on the field. He does some pretty cool things with the ball. Um, so he's out for the year, which um, – Which should open a lot of other targets for multiple uh, receivers there in Cleveland, uh, which we'll get into a couple names here shortly. Um, another one that tore their ACL this week is uh, D.D. Westbrook there in – uh, Jacksonville. Now he wasn't making much fantasy waves, but definitely got a look. Um, he was out there, so now who fills in his shoes? Um, another key injury this week. Unfortunately, hate to see this year after year. Deshaun Jackson got hurt again. He was having an amazing game there, and uh, then ended up getting hurt on a punt return. Or yeah, punt return. So my question is: First off, Philly, what are you doing using him as a punt returner when you know he's so injury prone? He went out there, and he had five targets against the Giants, three catches, 34 yards. He looked good. He looked like he was getting back into it. Played 49% of the snaps. It's unfortunate. He's back on the injury reserve. Yeah, he's a, he's definitely a frustrating name for uh, for fantasy owners. Uh, he's a guy that if you've rostered to this point this year, you were excited to see what he could possibly do Thursday, and now you're back to the point where he's going on the injured reserve again. He's back on the IR. That's that's got to be frustrating. Definitely should, definitely, definitely frustrating. Uh, he should open some more targets for Travis Fulgham, who has really didn't lose any targets. He had 13, 10, and then 11 over the past three weeks. Fulgham is still, I think, the number one target there in Philly, and they get a. Uh, Pretty tasty matchup this Sunday night against Dallas. So yeah, definitely. Definitely go and uh, plug him in. Well, that, that that brings me to the next injury that's uh, that was, you know, hard to see, hard to watch. Uh, Andy Dalton took that vicious hit from Bostic, the, the linebacker there in uh, Washington, who's now on the concussion protocol. Um, so now you're looking at Ben DiNucci. As the starter uh, in Dallas, again, uh, Ben DiNucci, is he a lawyer or is he a quarterback? We're about to find out. Let's hope he's a quarterback. If not, Dallas better find something quick. It might be Callum Moore suiting back up and coming out and calling the plays. They may uh, pull uh, Tony Romo out of the booth and get him back on the field. I'm sure Jerry Jones would love to see that. I mean, what, what, what would you do if Jerry Jones goes out and signs Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> is it is that something that's completely out of the question? I mean, the, I've – uh, there's rumors that they could be uh, trying to engage on either Marcus Mariota. Uh, they, there's news that they could be engaging for Jameis Winston. Or the one that's the most intriguing to me, uh, who a man who has been great this year and just got benched, undeservingly so, that we talked about last week, Ryan Fitzmagic, uh, is another name that, that, that there's been some rumblings about uh, uh, the Cowboys pursuing, again, trade deadline ever fastly approaching here. 
Um, so there's going to be some some things to talk about with that. And they're right there in playoff contention, so it would not surprise me to see them only, make a move only, for that. Only in the in that division could you possibly see a team like Dallas, who struggled as mightily as they have this year, in contention for the division still. And then if and I'm going to say this, if they go out and get Fitzmagic there. He brings a lot of charisma to the locker room. Could he Absolutely. bring that new spark to Dallas? You know, they, they definitely are obviously lacking uh, the spark. How often uh, have you watched a game where a quarterback takes a vicious shot like that to the head and nobody defends him? Nobody no goes after the, the player that, that laid the aforementioned hit on the quarterback. That doesn't happen. Um, so it's definitely fair to say that maybe Dallas is still looking for that leader, somebody that the team's willing to rally around and fight behind. So Fitzmagic could be that guy if they're able to land him. Definitely could be. Definitely could be. And, and, let, and let, let's talk about that team in yeah, general. Let's let's dive in. I mean, what from a fantasy, fantasy standpoint, what, what do you make of that team? What is going on there? Well, the way I see it is you have to start Elliott. Elliott, he's had five fumbles this year. He's lost four. Um, he had a real bad week last week. Well, the entire Dallas team had a bad week losing to the Washington football sure, team. Sure, um, But you can't bench Elliott. You can't look down on him. He's the stud. He's now with Danucci there. He is going to be the main guy they have to lean on to get that offense going. Absolutely. Uh, wide receiver standpoint, Amari Cooper, you drafted so high. You, If you have Cooper, hopefully you have something on your bench. You could maybe sit back and see what he does this week. They do play Philly. Philly's been a decent defense middle sure. of the road this year. Um, but Amari is, is almost still a must-start because of where you drafted him. Uh, CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, um, I don't see how you can play them. Well, if you're if you're a team that's sitting in first place, you got a couple wins that, or a couple losses you could afford to take. Maybe you still leave Amari Cooper in your lineup and see where he's at. But if you're a team that is on the playoff bubble, because we are getting into the time where it's time to either make a push. The midway point. Uh, you know, so I guess my question would be, if you're looking for wins, do you roll the dice on an, like a, a guy that's not Amari Cooper that has higher upside potentially Um a boomer bust type of play, like I'm a Cole Hardman or, you know, uh, a, a name like that, Marquise Brown. Are you rolling those guys out in place of Amari Cooper or do you, are you sticking by the point that you say Amari Cooper's still the safest play? Um, well, I think you, you, if you have the depth and you need that boomer bust play, I definitely would definitely consider uh, Marquise Brown. I probably would start over Cooper right now just because he is the number one there, and you know that he will get some deep bombs from um, Lamar Jackson there. Um, so it's fair to say that if you have viable options on the bench and you're and you're needing wins, it's safe to bench Amari. Definitely, and definitely. just until you see what's going on. Definitely, I yeah. don't think I would bench him for McCall Hardman though. It, they, McCall's looked good the last couple of weeks, but it, you know, uh, just throwing him out for namesake more or less anything else. Yeah. Uh, I'm more on the standpoint where outside of Ezekiel Elliott, I don't think I'm going to put anybody on my Dallas. I own C.D. Lamb. Um, I, I can't see myself playing C.D. Lamb 
until I know what that offense is going to look like, what this Ben DiNucci is capable of. Uh, I mean, it could be third-string magic. Look what happened last year on Thanksgiving when Detroit had to start. Goodness gracious, I can't even name the guy's name, but he came out and balled out yeah, on did. Thanksgiving. Let's um, let's play a little game here. Travis Fulgham or Amari Cooper, who would you start? It, it's got to be Fulgham with where those targets have been. And, he, again, I, I think that in that game, Fulgham against the Dallas defense is a much better option than Amari Cooper against the Eagles defense. Well, uh, let's go A.J. Green, Amari Cooper. Uh, again, the, the the volume's there. I, I, I'd have to look at who Cincinnati plays for sure, um, but I, I believe that uh, – They play Tennessee. They play Tennessee, so I, I, I probably would go Amari Cooper there. Let's go with one more. I'm going to go out here, and you got a rookie quarterback starting there. You don't know what he's going to do. You don't know what, what Danucci's going to do. Devontae Parker. What do you do with Devontae Parker and Amari Cooper? The, Devontae Parker and Amari Cooper, to me, are a coin flip. They're both the, the should-be number ones on their team. Um, there's other guys on both those offenses, offenses that get involved. Uh, it's the debut of, of Tua Tagovailoa and Ben DiNucci. Again, if you, if you have – I'll throw it out there as a personal standpoint uh, – with OBJ going down, I'm forced to either play Devontae Parker or C.D. Lamb. So at this point, I've got Devontae Parker in over C.D. Lamb. Now, if I had Amari Cooper instead of C.D. Lamb, I probably would be more on the fence and it would be a, a last-minute coin flip to see what I needed as far as points um, because I do have guys going Thursday uh, in that the, the Falcons-Panthers uh, game. So uh, really, realistically uh, – if I had options, I'd rather wait on Devontae Parker, too, to see what Tua does with him. But it's it's the same situation. If there was a, a guy there that, that was more viable and, and had a relationship built with his quarterback, I'd consider over either one of those guys. What do you do, since we're there talking about Dallas, Danucci, two quarterbacks, super flex league, ten teams. Would you even consider – Starting him as your second quarterback in a super flex. That's you got some bye weeks this that's week. That's tough. Yeah, I think you. I think they're the amount of weapons on that team definitely lend to the possibility of a big outing from a quarterback. Now again, you've got the offensive line there that's struggling. They've got some second stringers and some guys they've signed off the street, uh, anchoring that offensive line. A lot of injuries there. It'd be tough, but again, on bye weeks. It would depend what the other options are out there. Uh, you know, a lot of times in super flex leagues, a lot of players go ahead and hold two or three or three or four quarterbacks. Uh, he may be your best option, and if that's the case, then uh, you'd have to roll the dice. Yeah. Let's say there's a couple big names. You got Gardner Minshew, who's a QB two in a super flex. You got Kyler Murray, who's a stud. Uh, he's out there both on by. That's why I bring that up. Would you even consider that? I, I think you have to consider it. I would definitely start Tua over him just because I know Tua can move. Yeah, I think if you're at a point where you're you're playing Ben DiNucci, you're obviously pretty desperate, um, whether it be because of bye weeks or, uh, you know, injuries or, or things of that nature. You know, if you were a DAC owner who scrambled and got Andy Dalton, uh, you may be scrambling to get Ben DiNucci now. And, again, let's hope that uh, he finds the finds a way to get that Cowboys offense rolling because there's a, there's a lot of fantasy implications. And, and there's Dallas playoff implications yes. still there Let's talk. Let's stick with the quarterbacks real quick. I want to get your opinion on this, as you being an owner of him. Cam Newton got benched. He did. He plays Buffalo this week. What do you think of that? 
what what do you think New England's trying to do so, by benching? Him? So let me first say that uh, I definitely have struggled riding the quarterback carousel this year. Uh, I, I started Jimmy Garoppolo a, a few weeks ago when he had negative points for me. Uh, I started Cam Newton this week, uh, who didn't didn't do much. Uh, obviously, got benched. Uh, I think he got me like two points prior to his benching. Um, you know, I also started Drew Locke one week where Drew Locke finished the game with two uh, points when he got injured. So it, the quarterback carousel has been rough uh, to yours truly this year. Um, but with Cam Newton, you gotta you gotta imagine somebody like uh, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniel are not gonna let their their quarterback who I would argue with anybody until I was blue in the face that Cam Newton's the most talented player on that offensive side of the ball. They're going to have to find a way to get him get him going. Um, you know, that, that division, granted, Buffalo looks pretty good. Uh, Miami's on the uphill swing. Uh, I don't think you're going to want to see Bill – or I don't think you're going to see Bill Belichick say, let's just cash our checks and ride off into the draft this year and hope for draft position. I think they're going to try to find a way to get Cam rolling. Okay. Um, so that, again, that's another team to watch to add a receiver, to add Cam Newton some weapons in the uh, in these in these in upcoming weeks, weeks definitely, yeah, before definitely. the trade deadline. But, again, going back to this week, uh, because you brought it up, because I own him, I, I don't see necessarily having a choice. I've got – uh, I've got Cam Newton, I've got Baker Mayfield, I've got Drew Locke, i got Tua. Tua's making his debut. Drew Locke hasn't looked that great this year. So it, my decision's probably going to come down to Baker and Cam Newton. Uh, with, a, with a list like that, I feel like you probably have to go Newton. Um, but it, it's, not a great, it's not a great position to be in. You know, you'd much rather have a, a Russell Wilson or, uh, you know, any of those other names as a guy you could possibly start. I, I don't have that luxury, so Cam Newton's probably going to be the guy for me. Okay, okay. Let's get into our value menu of the week since we're talking about waivers and picking up and trades. And let's talk about our value menu players of the week to look at in your waivers or on your free agent list still maybe. I'll let you kick this one off. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely hungry, so let's get into the value menu. Uh, I'm going to start back there in Cleveland where we talked about, you know, Baker's uh, resurgence and the OBJ injury. Uh, Rashard Higgins. Um, Rashard Higgins has had a decent snap percentage the last three weeks, uh, 55% three weeks ago, 60% two weeks ago. And then after this week when Baker went down, he saw the field 85% of the time. Uh, the targets haven't been there really up until this week. Uh, three targets uh, three weeks ago, two targets two weeks ago, and then this last week, six targets. Uh, he's definitely a guy that could see an increased role. There's vacated targets, obviously, uh, from OBJ leaving. Um, obviously, Landry's going to get some of those. The tight end position's going to get some of those. Cream Hunt's going to get some of those. But it'll be interesting to see where Baker goes and who emerges as the number two there with in OBJ's absence. Absolutely. I'm going to stay there in Cleveland and uh... – Peoples-Jones, wide receiver there at Cleveland, he's going to serve as the number three wide out. Um, he saw the field 68% of the time this week. He had a touchdown. He had 56 yards. He looked decent. He's a rookie. He's unproven rookie. He had great. He had a great showing at the Combine. Um, he's definitely somebody to keep your eye on. If you got somewhere to stash him, stash him. I'm going to stay right there in Cleveland, too, and I'm going to talk about one more player before we move on. Uh, Bryant, the tight end. So, the tight end situation there in – in Cleveland, Najoku has made it known he wants out. Um, 
Hooper's obviously probably going to miss another week. He just had surgery. There obviously is Harrison Bryant. He's a rookie out of Florida Atlantic. He was on the field for 77% of the snaps. He had four catches on five targets and two touchdowns. He's a very valuable asset to that team right now with them missing OBJ and Austin Hooper. If you got room, I stay stashed this kid. Give him a shot. You you said he went to Florida Atlantic, so that would mean his college coach was none other than Lane Kiffin, who's dabbled in the NFL. He's now at Ole Miss. He's got an eye for talent. You can't deny that about Lane Kiffin. So uh, Harrison Bryant definitely could be a guy that that you definitely want to keep your eye on if you're if you. The tight end position is so wishy washy in fantasy anyway. If you don't have a top five guy, you're basically streaming. Um, so if you're in that predicament where you're streaming and say you've rostered two, three quarter or tight ends, uh, and you're just plugging them in based on matchup base, Harrison Bryan is definitely a guy you may want to take a look at, uh, possibly snag up and, uh, uh, ride into the sunset while Hooper's out. Um, I'll go ahead and move us on in the value menu, uh, to another receiver, um, from the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, Nelson Aguilar, who's only owned in 55% of leagues. So so there's some leagues he's not owned in. Uh, and this dude's been putting up some some uh, insane snap counts the last uh, uh, four weeks. 85%, 92%, 79%, and uh, 78% this last week where uh, he went for nine targets, five receptions for 107 yards and a touchdown. Definitely a deep ball threat there. Uh, much uh, similar in the way that Ruggs is. Um, Ruggs and, and Aguilar definitely have, to this point, shown that they're uh, a matchup nightmare for opposing defenses. And it's got Derek Carr looking um, Derek Carr looking like he's having a career year. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the Raiders have shown out. They came out. They had that up-and-down week, not knowing if they are going to have an offensive line. Um, they played Tampa Bay's decent pass rush. Good pass rush, yeah, actually. We yeah. saw what they did there in Rodgers two weeks ago. Uh, the Raiders are an up-and-up team. Um, Aguilar's had three touchdowns in three weeks. He is averaging – the first five weeks, he averaged 14 yards roughly uh, per catch. And the last two that they've played, he had 33.5 in week five. And then they had their bye, and then he had 21.4. He had nine targets this past week, 78% of snaps. Aguilar is definitely a guy what, I would put on my – What do you make of, of Nelson Aguilar? Because last year he was in Philadelphia. Couldn't hold on to that football. Couldn't, couldn't catch the ball uh, any better than the average person catches a cold. Um, what What's going on? Where's the, What's the difference? The I, I mean, it could be – the climate change, the team change, the chemistry change. It could be almost anything. He looks like he's having a resurgence in his fifth year here. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's definitely a guy that in years past I would have never considered rostering. Uh, and now he's going to definitely in the next couple of weeks, he's going to go from 55% owned in, in leagues. That number is going to shoot up. Oh, yeah, I definitely 80s to 90s percent probably. And he's, I mean, a liable option or a valuable option to start. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't see, uh, let's see, they play Cleveland this week, so that game could end up in a shootout. Um, I'm going to stick there, uh, stay with the wide receiver position to pick up with my value menu over there in San Francisco. San Francisco saw Wilson Jr. get hurt. They saw Debo get hurt. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. He played 75% of the snaps. He had seven targets, six catches, 115 yards. 
He has been out there for 88, 97, 85, 75 over the last four weeks. He's a guy that should be rostered, should be in consideration. They're going to use him in the Debo role. They showed that earlier in the year. Uh, definitely keep an eye out on Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to stay in San Fran, but I'm going to switch the position on you a little bit here. Uh, let, let's talk about the running back uh, backfield there in San Fran. Uh, you've got Raheem Mostert on the IR. Um, you got Jeff Wilson, who just went to the IR. Uh, th- there's going to be vacated targets. There's going to be vacated carries. Uh, so I, a guy who's coming off the IR is Tevin Coleman. He's, he's, he's trying to work his way back. He'll either be back this week or next. Uh, you know, let's And let's not forget about what Tevin Coleman did last year in that three-headed monster um, backfield that uh, San Fran had last year. Uh, Matt Breida has since left and went on to Miami. And still is uh, riding the pine. Still is riding the pine. Not done much down there. Uh, Raheem Mostert, the other name on that big-headed uh, or big three-headed monster there, is on the IR, which just leaves Tevin Coleman, who's coming back. Uh, Tevin Coleman last year had uh, 137 rushing attempts, 21 receptions for 720 yards and seven touchdowns. The guy's definitely somebody you can play if he comes back and, and, and gets back to his former self. And all he has to compete with is Jarek McKinnon, who looked absolutely terrible this week. McKinnon and, was – McKinnon, I'm pretty sure, was benched this week. He only played 18% of the snaps. He had three carries. That was it. So yeah. that's definitely not a whole lot of competition for a Shanahan boy coming off the Yes, aisle. I agree. There, uh, there's a reason Shanahan left Atlanta and brought – Tevin Coleman into his system with him. There, there's there's some mutual respect there, uh, and he's definitely one of Shanahan's guys. So he's definitely somebody who, if he's not owned, pick him up, put him on your bench, or start him if you've got bye weeks they, going they on. They play Seattle this week. Seattle couldn't stop anybody, and that's coming from a Seahawks fan. Our defense is not been not suspect, there. been suspect, just like my, just like the Falcons' defense. Yeah. So yeah, I, again, Tevin Coleman, if he's out there uh, and you're and you're looking for running backs, he's definitely a guy to snag up. Now I'm going to finish off my value menu here with Wayne Gallman from the New York Giants. Devontae Freeman picked up some ankle injury that nobody's really talking about. Uh, Freeman did not practice today, and when he went out on the second drive of the game, Wayne Gallman came in, played 53% of the snaps. He only had 10 carries, but he had 34 yards and a touchdown in those 10 carries. He also had five receptions for 20 yards. Wayne Gallman is a valuable pickup. Uh, pick up and probably play if you absolutely need to. They got Tampa Bay, so they do have a tough matchup. But if Freeman misses time, Gallman's their, Gallman has to be their guy. He's only in his third year. He's never really had a chance to have a starting role there, obviously, behind old normally Saquon Barkley. Uh, he's not even being a starter here. He's still ranked 55th in PPR, and that's only getting roughly 30% of the snaps prior – or not even 20% of the snaps prior to this week. Yeah, no, that's definitely uh, uh, somebody that I would also consider looking at if he's available. Um, so that concludes the value menu of the week, but I, I, I kind of want to stay on the running back issue uh, a little bit here. Uh, there's a lot of backfield by committees going on right now where nobody's emerged – um, to take over and be the guy for, for say, yet. Um, you got the Los Angeles Rams who have uh, Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, and Cam Akers. 
You got the Baltimore Ravens with uh, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Mark Ingram. And then you're going to have San Fran with Coleman, McKinnon, and Hasty. Uh, let, let's break those down a little bit and see if we can't possibly shed some light on who we think may be the guy. Well, there, and, and we'll st- we'll go back to the Rams real quick. I think Daryl Henderson's the one to own there. Um, it took a while for Cam Akers to even see the field or get a touch. He played, huh? Oh, they play San- No, they play Chicago. Uh, he doesn't even log a snap count. Oh, that's probably because it's Monday, so it's probably not updated yet. But Cam Akers took a while to see the field. Daryl Henderson looked like the starter there. Malcolm Brown looks like the goal line back. So I, I think if you're gonna if you if you're in desperation mode, you have to have a back to own. I think Daryl Henderson's the back to own there. And if he ends up taking that backfield, it could be a long time before Cam Akers gets his chance to break out. Um, I I agree. Yeah, uh, Daryl Daryl Henderson would also be uh, the one that I would consider owning. And again, Daryl Henderson. Not looking great this year, has three touchdowns, just as many as Malcolm Brown. He's the 17th overall running back in PPR formats. So if you, if you got him and you're on bye weeks, or you got running backs on bye weeks, need somebody to play, he's definitely a viable option. Uh, 4% is what Cam Akers played, 4% of snaps. Um, Daryl Henderson's the number 21 ranked running back in PPR. So in a 12-man league, he's an RB2. 17 in standard point league. So, Daryl Henderson, I think, is the way to go. Um, like we said about he also had two receptions this past week, uh, Daryl Henderson did. Uh, Malcolm Brown's the one who found the end zone, though, this past week. Correct. But like you said, it's three and three, so. Neither one of them's done enough to establish that they're the guy yet. But if you had to bet on one of them, it looks like it would be uh, Daryl Henderson at this point. Um, let's let's move on to the, to the next backfield. Um Baltimore. Obviously, we all know in Baltimore, the number one running back is also playing quarterback in Lamar Jackson. He's going to lead the team in rushing yards most weeks. Um, but you got J.K. Dobbins, the uh, the guy that a lot of people thought would be an absolute stud from Ohio State um, that they drafted this year. You got Mark Ingram, uh, and you got Gus Edwards. So none of those guys at this point have done enough to establish themselves in my mind, is the clear number one. Um, it, it's it's something to to keep an eye on and monitor. If I was to want to own one of them, it would be J.K. Dobbins, uh, just because I think he's got more uh, in the tank than than Mark Ingram. Um, but again, it's 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 something to monitor. Um, uh, Mark Ingram went down with an injury right before their bye week. His status for this week is uncertain. Uh, he has been the starter. Uh, for the uh, Ravens, uh, but when he went down, Gus Edwards saw 45% of the snaps and Dobbins saw 42. So uh, if if Ingram doesn't play this week, it's a toss-up between them two. Edwards found the end zone, and I think that's really the only biggest difference between those two this past week. I agree. Ingram is still the starter there, but hasn't done much with that starting role. Once again, they are a running team, but like you said, Lamar Jackson's the number one back to own in which is in which is it's it's crazy how fast the fantasy wheels turn in in, in certain aspects because last year Mark Ingram had a nice season, uh, looked really good, found the end zone several times. It's just not been the same story this year. 
if, in my mind, if you're forced to play one this week, they play Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense is devastating to anybody they've played. I would probably pick J.K. Dobbins if you're in this spot to put it because Dobbins may get you the receptions. I, I, I think I'd go ahead and agree with you on that. I, I think it would be J.K. Dobbins if I had to start one of them. Uh, let, let's wrap it up with, with San Fran. Uh, again, it, 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 San Fran's backfield is going to depend on whether or not Tevin Coleman can get himself back from the IR. Uh, if he does, I tend to lean Tevin Coleman. Um, like you said, it looked like uh, Jarek McKinnon found his way to the bench. Uh, and then you got the rookie, Jamichael Hasty, who we talked about a little bit last week. Um, Jamichael Hasty came in, and I would say was the better of Jarek McKinnon by far and away. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what, what shapes out there. That This one's a little harder to guess at, though, just because of the simple fact that Tevin Coleman is working his way back from the IR, but he hasn't done so yet. And if he does, what will he look like? What will his legs look like? What will his workload be? I think I think you you hit it there. Uh, Coleman is the back. That starting job is his for the takey with Raheem Mostert there on the IR. I think Mostert is the starter there in San Fran when he finally does come off the IR. Hopefully in time for your guys' fantasy playoffs. Now, leading up to that, I think Coleman is the only back there that you can start with any type of confidence. Uh, Wilson Jr. went down, uh, and McKinnon got benched, and I mean Hastings. He looked good, but then he didn't get his chance. So I think it's Coleman's backfield to take. Yeah, I definitely agree. Again, we we hit the nail on the head earlier when we said that he's kind of a Shanahan boy. Um, so I think Kyle Shanahan will probably lend, uh, lead himself to Tevin Coleman, a guy he trusts. Uh, so uh, three three backfields to keep an eye on. Uh, definitely um, will be interesting to see how those backfields take shape the rest of the season as it winds down towards playoffs. Now, we're talking about committees. Chris Carson down there in Seattle, he went down with an ankle injury. He's week to week. I, I don't expect him to play this week against San Fran. Um, Carlos High looked good. He looked real good against Arizona when he had to come in for Chris Carson. Uh, DJ Dallas looked like he was the receiving back and Homer was the blocking back. Uh, that's another backfield that could end up in a committee, and you're not sure who to start. Um, Carlos, or not, sorry, Carlos Hyde is the back to own there, and to pull off waivers, he is probably they're going against San Fran, so he might be the the best back to start there. Uh, when when, did, when does Penny come back? Because if Penny was in the mix, I'd say it's probably it would probably be Penny. And, and hide. Penny will not be coming back to at least week ten. Is that's from Pete Carroll? He will not be ready for till at least week ten. So you got a couple more weeks to wait to see if Penny can can insert himself into that uh, a snap count there. Absolutely. And if he comes back uh, as good as he was when he left, you saw that was a committee. They both had valuable Absolutely. fantasy assets there. And if he comes back to his shape. Rashard Penny may be somebody that you'll be able to, with all the injuries going for these running backs, Rashard Penny might be somebody you can plug and play if you absolutely have to. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. If he comes back to his shape. Uh, another guy that should be coming back here somewhat shortly uh, is, well, there's two of them really, but the first one is is Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb should be working his way back here shortly. Um, so will that go back to, do you think, to a running back committee with him and Kareem Hunt, or do you think they'll take it slow with Chubb? Chubb should be back uh, week ten. They have this week, and I don't, I don't even think there's a chance that he plays this week. But uh, they have the bye week, week nine. They correct? have the bye week, right. week nine. 
I think week 10, I would still start Hunt and probably keep Chubb on your bench to let him get that first week underneath him. And I could be 100% wrong. He could come back and just right back to form, right back to starter. I don't think Hunt's done enough to steal that backfield away. What if you aren't lucky enough to own both Hunt and Chubb? When Chubb comes back, is he a guy you're playing? Absolutely. I would put him in my okay. flex. He's still going to – I still think that they, the Cleveland wants to run, especially if Cleveland comes out and they they play like they did after OBJ went down and they play like they did against Cincy. They get the Raiders this week, and that will be a fun game to watch. I do. I think Chubb is still a very valuable flex option. Okay, so the last uh, running back that I want to talk about, who, who's probably the biggest one of them all, uh, that's that's trying to work his way back, uh, CMC, Christian McCaffrey, um, showed up at practice today with a red jersey on, which indicates that there's still an injury, that he's not going to play. And right after he got to practice, he took that red jersey off and put a regular old practice jersey on. They have an early game this week. They play Thursday against my Falcons. What do you make of the Christian McCaffrey um do you think Christian McCaffrey, do they, do they push him back this week? Uh, and if they do, what's his role look like? Um, I don't think they push him back this week at all. I think he does sit. Um, if he does come back, obviously I don't think I would start him on a short week first off. He's coming off the IR. He's coming off that high ankle sprain, which is the weirdest thing to ever say. But I think you keep McCaffrey on the bench. Uh, if they bring him back this week, it might just see it might just be as a – decoy or to see how that ankle's holding up right now. So uh, again, then I guess that, that brings us to uh, the question of if you have Christian McCaffrey and you need wins, do you throw him in your lineup? McCaffrey's a guy you can't bench. End of story. Um, if he's back, he plays. I, As much as I don't like to say it, he has to play because McCaffrey's a guy that's if his ankle's back, he's one play away from being a high-end RB2 in one fucking play. One play. So if you have if you have Mike Davis, if you picked up Mike Davis in Christian McCaffrey's absence and say you were one of the teams that, that snaked Mike Davis off the uh, waiver wire before the Christian McCaffrey owner was able to do so, do you start Mike Davis still? Yes. Absolutely. So if they're both back the first week, you start both of them. I would. I would roll the dice and start both. Rules come out and said that Davis has done enough to get a part of this offense. I think you start both. Um, I would not look for a Christian McCaffrey game this week from either one. It it stinks to have to start two players on a Thursday, but I think you do. I think you have to. just want to put this out there. McCaffrey, even after missing all those weeks, is still running back number 40 in PPR. That's crazy to think he's only played two games and he's running back number 40 still. Well, that's because Christian McCaffrey, CMC, does special things on a week-in and week-out basis when he's when he's playing. Um, he's a guy, again, I'm, I'm just to reiterate, if I was the owner of CMC – and I've held him all this time, and he comes back on a short week, and they say, you know what, we're going to give him a go. We're going to see what he can do, which, again, Carolina's in a point where Tampa Bay and New Orleans are both still within uh, Carolina's reach as far as getting the the lead in the division because uh, the NFC South hasn't had a a ton of divisional matchups yet. They're all getting ready to start playing each other. Uh, I – I'd say that Carolina has to win this game against Atlanta to stay in the conversation. 
but let's be honest, I'm not sure they need Christian McCaffrey to beat Atlanta. They didn't last time uh, when they played a few weeks back. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see whether Matt Rule is willing to rush him back or not. Again, if he does, especially against Atlanta's defense, you have to play him. Uh, same thing, though, if, if, if he doesn't play – uh, against Atlanta, and you have Mike Davis against Atlanta's defense. You have to play Mike Davis Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. You've got to play. Uh, that's going to jump. Actually, let's jump into our new segment. We're talking about this game so much already. Let's jump yeah. into our new so, segment. So the new segment we're going we're gonna to start uh, bringing around, we brought the value menu of the week last week. Uh, again, we are, we are Fat Boys, the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. So we're going to stick with that theme, and we're going to name this segment the Big Boy Meal of the Week. Uh, and we're each going to break down three games that we like for fantasy uh, fantasy aspects. So I'm going to start it off with the appetizer on my meal, which is the Atlanta Falcons versus the Carolina Panthers on Thursday night. Uh, in this game, you will see uh, Todd Gurley going up against the 32nd run defense. Um, Todd Gurley is the number nine running back in fantasy right now. Uh, he's found the end zone several times, one too many times last week in Detroit. Um, which which may or may not have cost the Falcons a win. Um, but nonetheless, Gurley is starting to look more Gurley-esque. Uh, each week he's getting a little bit higher of a snap count. Uh, he's getting more touches each week. And uh, he's definitely uh, somebody that I would highly recommend playing against the Panthers' defense. Um, you got the receiving core on both sides of the ball. You got Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst, Julio Jones, Russell Gage, uh, and Matt Ryan on the Atlanta side. On the Carolina side, you got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel, and Teddy Bridgewater, who's done a phenomenal job um, quarterbacking the, the Carolina Panthers. And then, obviously, the big the big uh, asterisk next to that next to that game will be whether or not CMC plays. If he does, that changes the entire dynamic of the game. Uh, it'll be uh, something that's definitely uh, worth keeping an eye on, and, and it should be a high scoring game. Absolutely. Might be one of the more fun Thursday night games to watch. Uh, let's go back to your Atlanta side of the ball. Todd Gurley saw 71% of the snap counts this past week. Todd Gurley looks phenomenal. He looks like the Todd Gurley of old. He's getting the snap count. He's getting the usage. Um, that Thursday game is definitely going to be a fun one to watch. Um, I would put your probably your ballers for that game there. I would probably put – Todd Gurley, I think, would be one of the highest scoring uh, uh, players out of that game. And also, I think DJ Moore. I think him and Teddy are starting to find that chemistry. Yeah, I would definitely agree. It's it's a game that, as far as a Thursday night game goes, there's the old adage in fantasy football, you don't play guys on Thursday night. This is one you don't have that luxury with. There's too many big-name players out there. Again, the the Todd Gurley's, the Julio Jones, the Calvin Ridley, the DJ Moore, the Robbie Anderson, the CMC, the Mike Davis. You got to play those guys. This is a Thursday night game. The quarterbacks, you, yes, you might not have the options. Matt Ryan's had very good weeks. He's he's had what only one down week, I think it was. Yeah, Matt Ryan's been a very very great fantasy quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater's had a lot of weeks that he's done a lot of good things. Um, and they play the Atlanta defense, not trying to take no stabs at you. No, but it's, it's, it's Teddy, warranted. Teddy can air the ball out. He can run the ball. 
And he may get his best receipt or the best receiving back in the NFL back. Yeah, there's definitely that possibility. So, Walker, what that, the Falcons-Panthers is my appetizer. Let's hear what you're bringing. Oh, my appetizer is going to be my Seahawks. Uh, they'll be at home against the San Francisco 49ers. Unfortunately, we will not have the 12th man. This is a divisional game. It normally goes one of two ways. It turns into a shootout or it turns into a defensive battle. Judging by Seattle's defense this year, I'm going to go on the shootout side of the ball. Uh, you got Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf are obviously must starts. Um, I don't think San Francisco has a shutdown corner that will shut them both down. So I think Tyler Lockett and DK both have very big games. Um, running back is, is going to be a question mark for us this week. Uh, San Francisco, I definitely would start Tevin Coleman if he comes off that IR and he's announced the starter. Um, Jimmy G, I don't know if I'd start. I don't know if I trust him yet. Um, your wide receivers there, you lost Debo, so you still have uh, Brandon Ayuk's going to come out. Um, so that game, that game could be a fun one to watch. George Kittle should ball out and be the number one tight end on this week. Seattle has never been able to find a way to stop him. We went out and we literally got a safety in Jamal Adams to stop George Kittle. Now we have to hope he's back this week. So that's my appetizer of the week. What you got for your meal there? So my main course uh, of this week is less because of the fantasy impact and more because I want to see how things turn out. It's the Los Angeles Rams against the Dolphins. It's the debut of Tua. Is it Tua time? Um, What is the Tua impact on the Miami Dolphins offense? Does Devontae Parker... Uh, explode? Does Mike Jusecki explode? Is it a is it a Miles Gaskin game? It's definitely going to be something that I, it's my main course. It's a game that I'm going to be tuned into uh, heavier than I will be any other game on the weekend slate, obviously with my Falcons playing uh, Thursday. Uh, it, it's a game that I'm very interested to see. Uh, again, Tua, Tua was really projected to be the number one overall draft pick prior to the hip injury. He still ends up going fifth overall to the Dolphins. Uh, and the Dolphins have seen enough in practice, apparently, to sit Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been great. So I, I'm definitely interested to see what Tua time brings to the Miami Dolphins. Going up against a tough defense, I'm sure Aaron Donald would love to welcome Tua to the league. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. It, it's going to be a fun game to watch. It really is. And and another name that you may have missed there or just looked over, Preston Williams there in, in right. Miami. He could become the number one target there this week because you're going to have Jalen Ramsey covering uh, Devontae Parker. Yes. Um, he could be the number one. Gusecki could be. Um, obviously, I don't see this game turning into a shootout. I think it will be a decent scoring game. Um, the the Miami Dolphins have very good corners to cover both receivers, um, so we don't really couldn't really tell you which Rams receiver is going to bust out for you this week. So it's definitely a fun game to watch. Uh, Vegas doesn't even have a point total for it right now, as I'm looking. Um, so it, it it's I'm definitely gonna be tuned into that game, especially since that's a um, a very meaningful game with a rookie quarterback coming out for future. So for let me, future. So let me ask you this question to everybody who may have drafted Tua or uh, has picked up Tua with the news breaking: Do you start Tua this week? No. I do not start him against the Rams defense. I, I completely agree. The Rams defense is, is a top-end defense this year. They just hung up uh, 13, 14 points against the Bears, which, I mean, it is the Bears offense. But still, 
I don't think I do because, like you said, Aaron Donald's definitely going to be wanting to welcome Tua to the league. And that holds the same for Jalen Ramsey. He would love to get a, his hands on one of those balls. Yeah, as a guy who uh, I mentioned it earlier, I've had a hard time riding the, the quarterback carousel. Tua was the first quarterback I took off the board in a dynasty. Um, I, I I think I'm going to have to agree. I'm not starting Tua this week. Uh, against the Rams, I'd love Rams. for you to start Tua this week. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure you would. Um, I, I just don't see Tua as being a guy you can start yet. Uh, hopefully, he comes out and looks the same way as the rest of the quarterback class has that has gotten to play yet. You know, Joe Burrow's looked great. Justin Herbert's looked great. Tua's the next man up. Uh, let's let's see what he does. I'm hoping he I'm hoping he comes out and balls because it could be uh, the answer I've been looking for at the quarterback position. So again, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be watching that game very closely. <laughs> Number six defense is what the Rams is ranked. Now, let me get into my main course. I am absolutely looking forward to watching the Chargers at Denver. I know it doesn't sound too thrilling, but the Chargers have been balling out, throwing that ball. Herbert's looked really good. They get a decent defense they're going to play against. Um, Herbert's looked good. Keenan Allen's getting all the targets in the world. Mike Williams is there. Hunter Henry. On the Denver side, you got Melvin Gordon's obviously going to be the starter with Lindsey and concussion protocol. Uh, Jerry Judy, can he find his feet? This is definitely an interesting game to take a peek at. Yeah, you know, there's another receiver there that's kind of interesting in uh, Jalen Guyton. Uh, Jalen Guyton's actually had a, a huge workload this year. He's not once been on the field for less than 50% of the snaps in any game. Um, not a ton of targets, but he's putting up big plays when he gets them. Uh, this guy is uh, – this last week he had two uh, catches, 84 yards, 42 yards of catch and a touchdown. He's found the end zone three times. He seems to be taking over almost the deep ball threat from Mike Williams. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so so there's, there's some – there could be some explosions on both sides of the ball. Tim Patrick has looked good um, for uh, uh, Denver. Denver. Excuse Albert me. O looked good Albert, this week. Albert O'Kagan Wallabaugh. Is, is how the announcers were pronouncing it this week. I still probably butchered it. Uh, Drew Locke's t- tight end from his Mizzou days. Uh, he's looked good. It's it's uh, it's definitely some got some fantasy implications on that game as well. Absolutely. Let's hear about your dessert. Yeah. So the last uh, last game of my big boy meal is obviously the dessert. You can't have a good meal without finishing it with something sweet. And that brings me to the Vikings versus Packers, a divisional game there in the NFC North. Uh, Vikings obviously haven't been what they've been in the past, and the Packers are are great, uh, with the one exception of their their stumble against uh, uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, you got two elite running backs uh, on in Aaron Jones and uh, Dalvin Cook, Hopefully, both coming off injuries. Yeah, both both, uh, both should be back this week. Uh, you know, Jamal Williams looked great in Aaron Jones's absence last week against the Texans. Uh, Alexander Madison's. Not, not really gotten anything going. Of course, the Vikings were on a bye week last week. Uh, but that, that's a very interesting point or a piece of the game this week. But the more the one matchup that I'm most excited about there is which receiver is going to have the better game, Devontae Adams or Justin Jefferson. It's odd talking about Justin Jefferson in the same breath as Devontae Adams, and I don't mean to insult Adams because uh, Jefferson is just a rookie. But Justin Jefferson has looked amazing this year in multiple games. Um, granted, the, the, the Green Bay defense is, is pretty good. They got a couple decent corners there in Alexander King and Darnell Savage. Uh, but it, it, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be some guys that can 
put some points on the board. And uh, according to Vegas, this is this is a, a game with an over under of fifty four point five. So it's one of the Vegas's uh, highest projected scoring games. It's going to be interesting. Both sides of the ball can light it up. We'll see what happens. My uh, my chocolate cake game of this week. My dessert is the Dallas Cowboys at Philly. Now, we've been talking about the Cowboys for back-to-back weeks. Don't know what the offense is going to look like. I'm excited to see what it's going to look like with this young quarterback, Danucci, under it. Sounds like a dessert. <laughs> so, I'm excited to see what what's really going to happen. I think Elliott comes out and gets Elliott things done. I look for Philly to air the ball out. I look for Fulgham to have a very good game. I look for... Hopefully, Miles Sanders is back. If not, I think Boston Scott will have a very good game against that defense. I think Carson Wentz is a very valuable option to start. It's a Sunday night game. It's prime time, divisional matchup in a kind of junky division this week or this year. It's not a kind of junky. It's a, it's a terrible division. <laughs> I try not to end, end on that. But, yeah, that is, it is a terrible division. But it is a divisional matchup. Dallas is coming off a butt whooping they just took from the football team. I think they try to find their feet, and if they don't, then I, – I, if they don't, they have to find a QB, and that's my dessert of the week. It's a game that I would love to watch. I'm going to watch. A um, lot of fantasy names there. People are people rode that C.D. Lamb train, so they may be stuck on that train. It might be a one-way ticket, and you got to ride it out. I would love to see what's going to happen with it, and uh, so that's that's definitely my dessert of the week. And I didn't crack in on your dessert at all. I apologize. No, no, that's that's fine. You know, uh, I, I will say as far as desserts go, um, the Philadelphia Dallas game does sound more like a healthy option rather than something decadent and, and chocolate. But uh, you're absolutely right. There's there's Carson Wentz is out to prove himself. Uh, you know, you got Zach Ertz missing time, obviously. You Goddard's got Ertz missing time. Still. Alshon Jeffrey hasn't come back yet. Sean Jackson's hurt. Uh, Miles Sanders, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Uh, but but my attention in that game is going to all be on number 21 of the Dallas Cowboys. If Dallas Cowboys want to win this game and stay in that divisional hunt, they have to feed Zeke. Zeke has to get himself going. You know, the Salvation Army buckets are getting ready to be in the end zone again. He's got to find that thing again. Uh, they actually might be in the end zone this this next week. It's get, We're getting closer to that time. But, <laughs> but Zeke has got to get himself going. Uh, he's too big of a name to not uh, do Zeke things. Mike McCarthy, you're on your third string quarterback now. Take some pressure off the kid. Get Zeke going. I understand that's hard to do because teams are stacking the box against them because – Obviously, you don't know what's coming from the quarterback. It's not Dak. Um, get Zeke the ball in, in space, whether you run screens or uh, dump-offs, whatever the case may be. Get the man going. It's your best chance to win a game. It's your only chance to stay in the divisional hunt. Let's take, let's, let's, uh, let's take a quick minute and talk about one more game here. It's not a huge point game. Let's talk about this Pittsburgh-Baltimore game. Yeah. You got one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL. You got Big Ben, who's been looking good. You've got three receivers there in Pittsburgh, although Johnson did go down. I'm not sure on his status. I believe he came back I, into that I game. I believe you're right, yes. Um, that game is going to be a defensive battle. Outside of your normal players that you play, obviously you play your James Conner, you play your Lamar Jacksons, and you probably are stuck playing Hollywood Brown. A lot of people drafted him early. Do you see anybody else that could be a sneaky pick in that game? Yeah, you know, it's it's a divisional game. Uh, Pittsburgh 6-0, and Baltimore's 5-1. and uh, 
I, I won't say that the division's on the line necessarily, seeing it's the first matchup of these two this year. Uh, but there is definitely uh, a hint of a playoff atmosphere here. Um, I, I do think you see your stars rise to the top for this game. I think Juju's a guy I'd consider playing. Uh, again, that is a tough Baltimore defense. They just got better. Uh, they got Yannick Nadoku from uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, so, I, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a uh, – I won't say it'll be a fun game to watch necessarily because I'm not sure either team lights the scoreboard up. I could be completely wrong on that because both offenses are more than capable. Um, but it's a divisional game. Uh, that's one of the nastier divisions in football as, as far as uh, – Don't forget, I, Mr. Cleveland's 5-1 and one too. Yeah, Cleveland's right there. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's interesting uh, to see how that division's going to shake out. Uh, it, that and uh, the NFC West are probably the two best divisions in football right now. Um, so it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that game plays out. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting because – Big Ben's riding off into the end of his career. Doesn't have many years left. Uh, and you got Lamar Jackson still trying to come into his own. Is he a passer? Can he prove himself as that? He said this year he wants to get the ball uh, in the air a little bit more. So uh, that's definitely another game that will be really interesting to see how it shakes out. Yeah, I definitely see uh, if he wants to be a passer, he better find a way to pass against that Pittsburgh defense. Yeah, that would prove a lot. I agree. Uh, well, that's going to do it here for the Fat Boys Fantasy. Uh, don't forget – like us on Facebook, Fat Boy Fantasy Podcast. Uh, we're trying to come at you weekly, at least once a week. Uh, thanks for listening. Be sure to be sure to uh, get on that page and throw us any questions or anything you want to see us talk about. Uh, we're definitely always up for suggestions or critiques. And uh, you know, um, obviously, um, since we only do a weekly episode right now, if there's any breaking news as far as uh, some trades or trade discussions happening with the NFL, we'll post them up to the site. Uh, try to keep you guys up to date best we can. Definitely. And any questions? We look at that page at least a couple times a day. If you got any questions, start sit questions. Yeah. You know what to do? Maybe trade. Maybe trade questions. Don't hesitate to ask. We'll get to you. Stay fat, my friends. Stay fat.